show uh that was actually extremely painful i think my feed when trying to go live on youtube and facebook at the same time uh was being choked a little bit that could be just my fault uh i hope this is better um i have a special guest with me right now they keep telling okay let's see let's see let's see let's see how this goes all right patrick we're live yes tori hey are we, are we live yeah, we're live, but they're saying that um, the voice, the sound, I even used the VPN. I think that my, my, my actual thing is being... Talk slowly, which is very difficult for you, Tori, but talk slowly and until you get... <laughs> no, no, no. Sound. It's, it's, a three, it's, a, it's a stream being throttled. Now they actually Hello? turn Please. What does slow mean, Tori? Let's. What does slow mean? Imitate just for a moment what it would be like to hear Tori Maras speak slowly. Let it's, me hear what it sounds like. Okay, it's just me. So it's my, my audio. They're telling me that in the chat. It's my audio. So, okay. So uh, while I figure this out, why don't you tell everyone what you have been up to as a busy, busy bee? Oh, I'm a very busy bee. I'm a very, very busy bee. You know, you ever get so immersed in it, you don't even, when somebody says, give an update, it's like, I'm not even sure where to begin. Where do we last leave things with you? So much nobody can hear you. No, I sound fine. They tell me I sound fine. No, nobody can hear you. It's just you. Look at the messages. It's just you, Tori. Are they, I'm just fine. There's no sound. Look in the messages on the right. They say, Patrick is clear. Patrick is clear. He's right. Talk slowly because they have you sped up. You know what's weird, Tori? They're correct. They're taking snippets out. Something's happening where snippets are coming out, but then it's getting compressed into what remains. So your whole voice is coming through, but it's coming through very compressed with a bunch of blank spaces also. Blank spaces or pauses as well as what's there is compressed warp speed, Tori. So you sound even faster than normal. Okay, you go. Okay. Talk to them. I'll sort this out. You sort. You've been up to. You sort. Okay. What have I been up to? Well, I'm going to walk you through. I'm sure I know Tori has walked you through some of these things, but Williamson County, Tennessee. I know that she's, uh, I'm sure, part of that in some big way, but there's no question anymore. I mean, not only did the DHS season put out the June 3rd report, but now in Williamson County, Tennessee, they found this abnormality from an October 2021 vote. It's the Dominion 5.5B and C machines. They, they discovered it defeated 173 ballots. It counts 69 of them or something. Well, they had different packets. They discovered it because some gal was just checking on a post-it note, keeping tally, and discovered there were wild, wild vote suppression going on within the box. Uh, they called, they did an investigation, found seven out of 18 of the machines did the same thing. They called in the state of Tennessee, the T Tennessee did their investigation said, yes, this is, this is miscounting. It's miscounting, but not just randomly miscounting, very 
miscounting again and again the same way, which often is an indication something's been programmed, but one doesn't know. So the state of Tennessee got the feds involved. The feds couldn't find it. The feds got their two VSLI or whatever they're called, the two accredited laboratories that do the audits and all that. Well, and the VSTLs. What are they called? VSTLs? Yeah. VSTLs, voting systems testing. Testing laboratories. They couldn't find it. They brought in Dominion, which is itself a breach. You never would bring in the manufacturer of the equipment if there's a, but they brought in Dominion rather than somebody like Doug Logan. They brought in who can inspect code and find, they brought in Dominion and Dominion's official position is yes, we agree. And they have put out now a root cause analysis. The root cause analysis is hilarious. It says, we agree that in these certified machines, there is erroneous code preparing bad results and we can't find it. That's not a root cause analysis, Tori. That's the, fa- we failed to find a root cause analysis is what that is. That's not a, we, a root cause analysis is supposed to be, we found the root cause analysis of this problem. What they, what their report is, is we did not find the root cause analysis of this problem. It's hilarious that that, 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 that has been the official root cause analysis. It's just too funny. Do you, do you get me? Oh, I guess Tori's off again. She's messing with her mic. I, well, yeah, I have. To fix this. I don't know if it's better, though. <clears throat> you can hear me good. The people are saying that my voice is being throttled on the other end. I'm hoping that it's better now. Yeah, it is better, actually. It's better than it was. Okay. Well, Let's... I'll still mitigate. Well, I, I, okay. So reiterate to You're... people that don't understand what VSTL is, you know, because it's so confusing because. People are like, well, my secretary of state uses paper ballots. And what they don't understand is that, you know, they're compromised too. Not the ballots, but the machines counting the ballots. Yeah, there's there's that issue. There's the supply chain that brought those ballots there turn out to have integrity problems themselves. Those supply chains have integrity problems. Even if you use paper ballots, the machines that count the ballots have problems, as is no longer my theory or the theory of what they call conspiracy theorists. It's the official position of the federal CISA, which is within DHS, CISA. Yeah, they have now issued a, they've the official root cause analysis of the Dominion 5.5 B and C is, yes, these certified machines have erroneous code that produce like really, I mean, they're suppressing sometimes 40, 50% of the votes in a stack of ballots. Normally when these ballots get fed in, they get fed in in a stack of up to 200 at once. And they're suppressing big numbers, like up to half of these, but more generally like 10 to 15%. And we can't find, this is all acknowledged by the state of Tennessee, the Williamson County, the federal government, the manufacturer of the machines, the EAC, the VSTLs, they've all acknowledged this. And they're saying is, yes, there's erroneous code somewhere in this machine, and we don't know it, where it is in these certified machines. And that's the end of the story. <clears throat> what kind of his answer is that? Do you see? I mean, I don't even know how to say it, Tori, any clearer. How, why is that so ridiculous to say for them to say? <laughs> I mean, like, why is it still like, why is it still certified then? And incidentally, it's been found on 5.5C, <clears throat> both of those. And then Fulton County, Pennsylvania, which is this little Amish county right in the south central Pennsylvania, 
15,000 voters or something. They filed a lawsuit against Dominion saying, we want our money back. I understand that there are about eight other suits like that uh, in the works from other counties. In addition, Georgia decided to look through, I think, 159 counties in Georgia, if I remember correctly, and 67 of them agreed to cooperate. And of the 67, they had those machines. 65 of them had the bad machines with the erroneous code on it, which the government now says is erroneous code on these certified machines. Somebody should ask, well, are they still certified? And there's no fixes for any of this. There's no patches you can download to patch your, like you can your, some program on your, on your laptop. So I'm not quite sure why they're not decertified. In fact, are you back with us? I believe I am. Is this better? How come you on your, how many people are watching us live on rumble? Can you tell? Oh, 1500. I, how come I only get like three or 400, but I do it on locals. I've never done it on rumble. Well, yeah. Well, we have a few, we have 1500 on rumble and those are the ones that are usually signed in. And then um, from other sources, about 500. Do you put out an advance notice before you start? No, I just did it while we were setting up. What I notice is on locals, which I use, is if there's X many people watching live, about 60X will watch it over the course of 10 days. So uh, that's an interesting metric. Well, I was trying to listen to you through my phone so I don't miss a beat. Um and thank you for carrying on for me. <laughs> I did this. You're much better, though. Yeah. Well, thank I, really you. Want you more. Thank, I had a I had a reroute through the tour network. I, it's just it's so bad. The the styming of the they're targeting IPs now. And that's that's a big problem. And it's, I'm not the only one that has experienced that. There are other uh, podcasters and uh, people that do shows that find the same thing. Uh, this is, you know, it's very subtle. And I think they're just testing to see how it can be more targeted uh, to silent speech. It's, it's pretty scary, Patrick, thinking that, you know, they're sequestering information. It's not about you being able to say it's what you're allowed to see. And and that is a huge issue for all of us in the U.S. Um by, by the way, I miss you. I haven't seen you in like forever. I've been so busy and you're going to be right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tried to get my laptop up so I could go camera and see you. But, um, uh, you know, it's just been insane. You know, nobody ever tells you. And you were thinking of going on the libertarian ticket. Politics is horrible. I don't want to go. I don't want oh to. Oh, do my it. gosh. Yeah, I'm just saying it is it is horrific because I, I realized throughout the process, you know, that people are so brainwashed that they will just give away their first amendment right because someone told them to. It, do you know what I mean? We've we've been reduced to looking at others, you know, where they send them cards. This is your vote ticket. It's almost giving instructions to your subordinates of who to choose. And and I see it. And, you know, I, a lot, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, then you're a libertarian. No, I'm common sense. Like I'm the Constitution. I'm just about the Constitution, whatever, whatever group is most about the Constitution, because I actually spent, as you know, and your listeners know, I was uh, sick for a long time in my life, in my 20s, had cancer a few times and kind of was an invalid. And what I did was a PhD in philosophy. And I started off in mathematical logic, which I loved. But I have to say, in fact, probably the most religious experiences I've ever had in my life were in this, 
you know, some some people get it through the Bible. Some some scientists get it as they study flowers and they see the face of God and the structure of the flower. I got it as I was studying, frankly, the math computation theory, which is the mathematics under cryptography, as you know. Twitter. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. My audience is actually very well versed. I We've know. looked at the Mandelbrot theory, the 3x plus 1 theory. I've mm -hmm. done shows on that because that just shows you the perfection of organized uh, uh, the the chaos being organized, but with unlimited possibilities, and math is just like incredible. And I've been kind of dipping people's toes in that, and you know, because if you understand it, you can explain it, and uh, you know, hopefully, yeah. people can see just how amazing it is. And and really during, yeah, yeah. Well, during the the, the beginning of this um, pandemic, and I call it an infodemic. If you actually saw the structure of the RNA they were discussing, it looked mathematically, <laughs> mathematically, I'm talking about, you know, the way the structure was, how it had 33 adenines as a tail. It, it didn't make sense in, 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 in biology. That would be very rare that you see it. And you can see where the graphene seam was, where it was actually created, because you have to seam them together with like glue, right? And uh, graphene oxide is, it, very expensive and it's it's it works with biological matter you know uh i explained to people how starbucks had used graphene to track coffee in california they had put graphene a specified graphene in their coffee so they can they could see where all their customers are coming from so they knew where to open up the next branch because it has rfid properties too and so, you know, these are, this, your math is awesome. Oh my gosh. T tell, tell them more. I want to hear about how you came to see the perfection through, um, you well, know. where was I going with that? Why were we, why did I get talking about computation? Well, about religion. Cause you're like, some people find God through the Bible and you found it, you know, through computational mathematics. Yeah. It's kind of the language of God. It's the language computation theory is theory about mathematics itself. It's, it's really kind of mind-blowing stuff. Uh, you feel like you're getting to look backstage to the universe or something when, because when you understand computation theory and Girdle's proof and these different things I used to study. But why was I going there? I, was, I wanted to go there for a reason. I was answering a different question here. So what was that question? I, I Did anyone that. ask a God's language? I'm, I'm going to scroll up. You were just saying yeah. how perfection. I was actually asking of, you know, everything that is going on, you know, the yeah. statistical probabilities and elections and how insane it is. But then we talked about libertarianism. Oh, libertarianism. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm really, so in that, my point was I was studying all that, but I really encountered early woke and they're friends of mine. I mean, people, but i I encountered early woke and I kind of reacted to it and ended up doing uh, the dissertation in political philosophy and really trying to understand the history of the ideas in our constitution, as opposed to how they stand up or how woke stands up against them. And I really mildly determined that they're not compatible. And I saw how corrosive some of these ideas were and how totally indefensible they were. So many, and really often that the kind of people behind them have a, have certain shared qualities that are not the best qualities to be in, in uh, ego oriented. Um, and there's a lot of bitterness out of people. It's just a lot of bitterness from people who wish they did something else with their life. And so they, they get behind woke as their way to boss people around or something. I don't know. Um, 
so uh, I wanted to say something. I wanted to say something. You know, you like philosophy and so do I. I had started a conversation at one of these places that I went and talked to. And I told them, academia believes that there is no free speech. They believe that everybody's speech is collective and they're like droves. And from a philosophical perspective, if you see it, that's indeed the case. Because our society influences our thoughts and we tend to comply with what our neighbors say to, to feel part of the group. And so they've subscribed to groupthink. And this is being pushed not only in academia, but through every facet of our life. This compliance of groupthink, which ultimately provides control to the very few. I really wanted, you know, that other day that I called you, I wanted us to talk about that because I was pondering it and I was looking for research and I couldn't find anything. And, you know, I love to pick your brain because I really admire the way it usually goes the other generous. It usually goes the other way around. But no, no, no. I, I wanted you to kind of talk to me and I'd love you to tell the audience, like, what do you think of that? I mean, there is basis for their statements. But this group think is really getting out of control. I think it was this created to create a tool of control or has it manifested as, you know, a property of, of just humans trying to fit in like the Lords of the Fly theory? Well, good questions. It's, some of it is, is maybe the way we wired and some of it is the way that some political ideologies make use of the way we're wired in order to manipulate us. And in this case, yeah, we do have, to be honest, when we're not, we have a frontal lobe that we develop after all the other mammals. And that's where the higher reasoning goes on. But we have beyond that, the rest of our brain we share with the other mammals and then the, the reptiles. And in that brain, in the, uh, uh, we that we share with them, we have an amygdala. And you know that the amygdala is the fight or flight part of your, of your brain. And when it gets triggered, you stop thinking from your frontal lobe, you stop reasoning, and you think from your amygdala. Everything becomes fight or flight, you're not reasoning, and you look for social cues, you become a herd animal. You can't reason with such a person. If imagine, I used to be a rescue diver. Imagine trying to reason with a drowning man. You can't reason with them. You have to make things really, really simple. Similarly, they have they they used COVID and and anti-mist stuff to put our society into that mental state. But there has been a, a mind virus that's been around for decades. That's been Ooh, I like that mind virus. Yeah, it's a, a mind virus that, and that is everything associated with woke. You know, Marxism is funny as I saw Chomsky. Well, there's Marxism and then post-structural post-modernism and the Frankfurt School. And what we're really seeing now is the Frankfurt School, a bunch of critical. Anyway, they uh, they basically have one view of the world. Thomas Sowell put it best that the world is divided into fools and knaves. And my job is to protect the fools from the knaves. And that's the only, every, any problem they look at, that's the only thing they see, that there's like the, the exploited under uh, proletariat and the exploiter capitalist, and, and there's the black, it's just the super cartoonish view of the world. Uh, and so they're the, and they become kind of the stormtroopers that 
the 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 Australian shepherds that sh- that nip at the heels of the sheep and get the sheep to go in the line. Those are the the Australian. I had somebody recently say that I should stop getting frustrated. I should just remember that the majority of or many people are just what he calls this was an old man called dizzy cattle. Just imagine you're talking to cattle and who are themselves already dizzy and think how easy they are for bad people to lead them bad places. You know, that's 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 very interesting because, you know, in the 90s, when we were propelled into the information era, right, that's what I like to call it, because we had information at our fingertips. It was at the same time where people uh, underwent what most of us go through as individuals at some point, and I don't wish it on anyone. And as a society, you know, say you're friends with someone for 20 years or 10 years, right? And they and, and, and you build all your relationships based on that magnificent relationship you have with them, right. that trust, right, that they'll keep you in check and everything. And then one day there's a disconnect. You realize that the person that you've entrusted for a few decades, a decade, is totally not who they say they are, is uh, it has been totally duping you for 20 years. And then you sit and think to yourself, oh, man, I must be really dumb. Like, do I have a blind spot? Am I that gullible? But then, then you think, holy crap, I have just created a hundred thousand relationships with people based on the foundation of a good relationship that I thought I had. Right. And so now I've got to reassess how I see myself interacting with other people. Now, personally, I've been through that, but obviously with my years of training and the type of work I did, I was able to compartmentalize, but think of it as a society. They trusted all these people in office. They trusted the media to do their job. They had all this trust. And, uh, you know, every single time they would see something that was a mismatch, it was like cognitive dissonance. Rather than address the issue right there, they would kind of skip over it. And then they find themselves in the position where it's so blatant. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm in an abusive relationship. And they have that going on at the time of this pandemic. Like, you know. What genius is, the genius of President Trump was that when he came in, he came in and just was himself, right? He showed that he could fund himself. The GOP denied him up until like September of 2016. They would not like even come out and utter that they've, even though he was picked, remember? <laughs> they didn't even want to talk about him. And uh, the genius was is that he, he in a nice way, kind of was ripping the Band-Aid off, but the way your mom used to do it with water, right, slowly, while they nipped at him and tore him apart. And we're at this position where people don't know what to do anymore, you know, and that's huge. It comes to that group think that's being shattered too. They're seeing themselves as part of a herd and, and they're refusing to be part of the herd. But then if they stray from the herd, then how do they survive? I mean, how do you answer a question like that? I had someone tell me that. And, and I was like, you just got to stand on your own two feet. I mean, what is the simplest? I, I, you know, like I said, I've been wanting to have this discussion with you. I want your opinion. Like, how do you tell someone that's just realized they've been duped all their life? Not just personal. We're talking as a society, as a community. How do they step away from the herd mentality and stand on their own feet when they're still looking to people? They've reduced their selves to look at people and take advice rather than introspect. Good question. Good question. And I know... I know it is... It's bracing for people when they change to take the red pill. 
I have uh, some experience with this in that I went through all this 05 to 08 because I was fighting Wall Street and Wall Street corruption. And in the, and I was sort of this one man Occupy Wall Street. I was privy to all kinds of bad stuff going on and because I was asked to take part in it in some cases. And I thought everything was as simple as the Pelican Brief, that Julia Roberts figures out the mischief. She writes a paper, puts it online, the, the Washington Post swoops in, the DOJ swoops in, boom, boom, boom. No, what happens is all the forces of evil and power and control reveal themselves. And that happened 05 to 08 with me. And you saw, I saw the signs of it, people acting out of character, journalists violating all their normal standards of journalism in order to maintain a narrative that some powerful people wanted to create. The truth is the person who noticed this first is a guy named Karl Marx, wrote a book called The German Ideology. I think it was back about 1835, 45-ish. Anyway, that, uh, about how that's how things work, that behind that we maintain this facade of neutrality in the public space, bourgeois, you know, idea, but behind the scene, that new neutrality in the public space in terms of speech and rule of law and such. But behind the scenes, there are behind the curtains, there are powerful, various powerful forces which actually control things. And they they're actually pulling the strings. And sometimes and they but they have all this blue smoke and mirrors to disguise their action. And that's the ideology. So that's the book, The German Ideology. That's what that's what I faced when I fought Wall Street. I realized they had captured regulators and congressmen and senators and DOJ, well, people, and they'd captured the press and they'd captured university positions. The hedge funds were going out and, and endowing university positions and then making their guy a professor who would then teach the Wharton Business School or the Yale Business School, oh, there's no such thing as market manipulation and teach all this stuff. So they really captured the full stack, so to speak, of society. And so none of this is a surprise to me. What I can say to people, if you're if you're confused, I've actually taken a, to, a lot to talk about Frederick Douglass, who seems so right for this moment. And it started- Ooh, I love him. Yeah, did you know that I, I would speak up in Rochester and Antifa and BLM came and protested. Antifa, I don't think BLM, maybe. And I said, I dedicate this speech to the people protesting. The greatest 4th of July speech in American history was given right here in Rochester, New York in 1852 by an escaped slave named Frederick Douglass. And I told the story and of, of uh, that story. And for that reason, I'm so the Frederick Douglass Society, which turns out there's a society of people largely African-American, a lot of ministers and such, but also businessmen who keep the, 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 the thought of Frederick Douglass alive. They contact me and have me come. I came and did a, the keynote at the recent conference, sort of the honor of my life that I got to speak to the Frederick Douglass Society. But Fred, what he taught, and he, he wrote this, uh, I mean, he gave this speech that day called, very famous, called What to a Slave is the Fourth of July. Pardon me, I always get for Klemp when I talk about Mr. Talk about Mr. Douglass. But, and people remember it for the bitterness, because in the bitterness, he is saying, he, he refers to the USA as your country, your country. And he's basically saying, you know, it means something to you, but don't forget to us, why should, why should I celebrate what, what this means to me? But he also says, he makes it very clear, and this is that, he says this one part, he glorifies our founders and our founding. And he talked about this was a great step. This was a miraculous step. 
and always hold true to those principles, those principles, the principles of the Declaration and the Constitution always hold true to those principles. Come whatever storm tosses us about, that's what we need to hold on to. What he thought was that we had gotten the right principles, same with Christianity, that we that Christianity had the right principles, but that people were hypocrites. Slaveholders were hypocritical Christians. Similarly, that the America had gotten the right principles, especially that opening of the Declaration, that and this, they all men are created equal, that were endowed by our creator with these rights, and that in order to secure those rights, we form a government in order to secure that that fundamental contract is, it took 2,500 years for man to get that, to get that that's what it is. It's consent of the governed, protected in an architecture of a constitutional republic. That's what it's all about. And he was saying that we're not, never forget that was the moment that the spark fired and live up to that. And you, the Americans, you're not living up to this. So that really speaks to me today. You know, because, you know, sometimes in these reawaken America tours and other things I'm in, there's all, there's all a lot of Christians, 80%, let's say, are fundamentalist Christians. And now the other side is trying to paint the, and there's like motorcycle guys and some gay guys. By the way, I understand that a wonderful gay activist fellow who was part of the reawaken America tour is is quite ill right now. Do you know Scott Pressler? I do, and I don't. I, you know, prayers I, for him. He's what, he, what he's is going lost. on? I've tried to reach out. I think he's probably changed his number because that man has been docked so many times. But well, he's in the I hospital with a, with a blood matter. I mean, not related to any COVID or anything. And he's uh, mm-hmm. so prayers for Scott. He's a wonderful fellow, and I, in fact, wanted to spend more. Was hoping to spend more time with him. Uh, he was coming out to. He's a wonderful fellow. Um, so what we have to remember is what Frederick Douglass is pointing. And what I really want to say to the now, especially that the other side is making this big deal about the Christian stuff. Oh, this like some Christian right wing Christian. You know, it's first I answer that the Christians have every right to be concerned. They I, when I got involved in this two years ago, they were expecting 20 to 80 million of them to get swept up into FEMA camps. So that might be one reason Christians are a little enervated. And that might have something to do with like California, let people ride out COVID, let the bars stay open, the clubs stay open, the cat houses stay open, the tattoo shops stay open, the massage parlors stay open, going to go to church. So for some reason they took, they might've taken that personally. But the second thing to, uh, that I, to, uh, to say about it is this is not really a Christian nation thing. There's a, lot of, there's a reason a lot of Christians are worried about what's going on and are on our side, but this is really a movement for everybody who believes in that, what Frederick Douglass said, who wants to remember that North Star of our existence. That's our North Star, the Constitution and that opening paragraph from the Declaration. And so when people are disoriented, that's, that's the North Star to orient. And then everything flows from there about what we should do, where we are, and what we should do. And it's really simple. If the election was, stol- was not stolen, everyone, you know, then, but if the election was, we, well, A, we got to keep everything peaceful, and B, we have to work through the court systems. Everything has to be through the court systems. So as long as we stay within the law and within the court, we're going to win. We, we have, okay, look at what happened with the COVID vaccines, what you were a huge part of. Look, we won 80 or 90% of what needed to be won. It wasn't 100%, but wouldn't you say that we had a good victory working with, thanks to you, Tori, and your wonderful viewers who brought so much mass. We can keep using the strategy and keep beating them. The only thing that can screw us up 
is if we get violent, so then they can bring in the, the let the bullets fly. Well, you're you're preaching to the choir. That's exactly what I say. You know, speaking of Christians and and you know, I have an audience that's diverse. I have uh, Christians, Muslims, Jews. A um, couple of weeks, I, I think, sometime in September, I did a show to show the similarities. You know, of how. Muslims really do view Christians and how, you know, the media has created this, you know, because we've weaponized their religion, right? This dichotomy. And, uh, you know, as I was streaming, I had like 5,000 people and they played a surah where it's Jesus talking to God saying, you know, I'm not asking him to deify me. You're the father. Everything I do is from you. You know, because they believe in Jesus. Jesus is more mentioned in in the Quran than anybody, right? I, I happen to have seen that. What was that Mel Gibson? movie the passion of the christ yes i saw that in beirut and with a bunch of with a mixed crowd and the the women the muslim women the shia women in particular were wailing and crying like you can't believe that to be carried out more than more than the christian well i'll tell you i'll tell you what happened after that i got contacted by my radio listeners in dearborn michigan there were Muslims and they said, you know, we're extremely upset with this LGBTQ stuff going on in our schools. And within like just a couple of days after my show, you saw that Christians and Muslims united. And that's what I told them. Tell them that we see the same thing. You know, we interpret God differently, but we all have to stand together. And, you know, it was my listeners that caused that school board chaos at Dearborn, Michigan. Oh, really? Including the Muslims? No, after the show, because it was those Muslim listeners that asked me, how do we do this? Because, you know, and I said, listen, you can use it to your advantage since the the media is protecting you with, with, with white gloves, right? Join with the Christians to show because they're targeting their religion, just like yours has been targeted. And it was almost incredible. And, you know, only a couple of people in my audience shared it and they were like well what is the coincidence that after Tori does this show you know showing how the Muslims are also Christ-like right they're Christ-like and that's what we need to focus on how can we be more like Jesus and not be Jesus be more like him and if we think to ourselves what does that mean that would go back to the word that has no definition which is philotimo there is no definition for that word in the world, nobody can define it, and it has been known to be a word that you can't define. And and I think that it it it, it has that simile, like what you're saying and what everyone is trying to say. Love of what was that? Love. Philotimo. So it's love, of, but being honorable as a human being, uh, you know, not honor. There is no definition. Scholars have written papers on it. It's the only Greek word that no one can define. It's and that is it. Do you know the ancient Greek word arete? Is that still used? Which means like a virtue, right? Um, is it is it like the 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 desire for arete? No, no. Philotimo is very specific, and uh, you still can't define it. It, it doesn't I, mean I know words like that in other like, languages. Yeah, yeah. It's like a self honor. Right? This is great. Can I can I talk about this for a moment? Uh, yes, you're doing this Muslim is Dearborn. Yeah, yeah. We I did saw that. that guy speak, and he made such an impression on me. He's one of your listeners. I, mean, I don't know if it's the guy because, you know, I'm on the radio, so they just talk to me. Um, I saw a Muslim guy that. speak from Dearborn, mm-hmm. and it actually made my, me change what my standard pitch is going to be. 
I, I because I'm talking a lot about the Judeo-Christian tradition, and sometimes, and I approach it as a philosopher. I, I'm a I'm into the political philosophy and the history of the evolution of our constitution. And of course that has its roots in, well, it's really a story. You can call it Judeo-Christian. You can call it Jerusalem, Athens, Rome, Britain, and the Netherlands. And there's this intellectual history that developed and then flourished in our constitution. That's how I understand it. Sometimes people ask me, well, why do you leave out Islam? Some Muslims have asked me. And I've said how mixed I feel. I've spent a lot of years of my life in the Middle East. Islam you have to include Islam in the tradition. If you're talking about math and science, Judeo-Christian Islamic tradition is makes sense. I say, but on the question of, on the political tradition, I used to say, well, I used to not have any problem at all. And I should be clear. The first Muslim I ever, 75% of the world's Muslims are sort of quietist Muslims. And the first one I met, I had a very favorable impression of, and I have for much of my life. And I would not have seen any contradiction between Judeo-Christianity and Islam. I have come to be concerned that on the political side, there may be some fundamental DNA problems that I wor- that sometimes I worry about. In particular, the question of does someone believe that the penalty for apostasy, the correct penalty for apostasy is death. If you believe that, like a lot of Muslims do in the old, in the old world, I don't see how that fits into a liberal tolerant society. But other than that, I'm super accepting Muslims. But that fellow I saw speak in Dearborn made me kind of, I mean, I was so proud. And I got, I, it made me add a line to this speech that is we have to remember, you know, there's I think 6 million Muslims here. And most of them are great Americans. The ones I meet, I mean, they know what they left. They know what they came for. And the vast majority are really like that guy. I thought he was one of the most effective speakers I've seen in a long time. That fellow who spoke at Dearborn against the and, and did interviews afterwards. Well, so, I had a bunch of conversations. I, you know, it was more women. It was like four women and two men on the call with me through, you know, TG. Right. And so it was kind of interesting because they said we're really frustrated because they're introducing these things and these don't align with society's value, let alone our religious values. They don't align with our values as people people like who allows this and I was you know this was just a conversation and I was like you know I I even told them you know I wasn't the one that brought into the light that we have more in common than not in common President Trump did the Abraham Accords all three major religions stem from who Abraham and I told them you just have to sit and think about that for a second Um, you know we've been psychologically operated on for eons uh, to keep us in control and in check. You know, the the Catholic Church weaponized the Muslims, right, so that they can further instill their authority. It's always weaponizing groups. And now the church weaponized the Muslims. Well, what they did was, you know, the Pope needed to be authority. They broke off from the historical Christian church, right? And they said, well, our priests are going to be celibate. And then the Orthodox Christians, the historical ones, which those have wavered as well from, you know, where they began from the apostolic church, right? Um, They were like, no, they should enjoy being married and have children. They're human beings. And uh, the the Pope was clearly clear claiming to be a representative of God, you know, on earth. And so, you know, this is why they'd be like, oh, let's ask the Pope if he'll let us do this and off with your head, right? Because the Pope said so, right? right? And so what they needed was to subdue Europe. They raised what is called the Islamic arch, 
And it's almost like a half moon crescent. This is where that historically, this is what I was told by um, actually an imam that's in Jerusalem when I went, um, that they have them rise up and, and close into Europe like an arc. So if you imagine the Islamic population from the north shores of Africa through the Middle East, right, and all the way up to um, Western Asia, they're all Muslim. And they just came in and closed in on Europe. I mean, you'll find Arabic inscriptions in Scotland. In the Roman baths. No. Yes, you will. yes. And I've seen it with my own eyes. In Roman baths, there are Arabic inscriptions. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's got to be in a Google. Scotland? Yeah, in Scotland. That's they're how far Arabic. up, right? That's the thing. Well, they may have been serving or visiting or something, but they, they never made it there as a No, artist. they actually, no, they did. And and they're, I'm pretty sure oh, someone. They raided, they raided the shores. I know they raided the shores of Ireland. Arab, well, shoots, Arab, uh, North, North African slavers were raiding in the. You know, were raiding the shores of Ireland. I didn't know they got to Scotland, but they raided uh, the shores of Ireland and Spain a lot. Well, they well, what they did was they weaponized them. And then the Spanish Inquisition came in, right? There was the religious persecution of Muslims, remember? They called the Muslims there, not Muslims, right? Back Muslim. then. Yeah, they called them, you know, it's very intricate. I spent the majority of my time when I wasn't working, I would make sure that in whatever African or Middle Eastern nation I was to go and have coffee and break bread with people. I mean, I did have an advantage because I have family that's high up in the Orthodox Church, right? So that gave me an in to be able to have these conversations. But, you know, you start to realize that everything we hold dear and near to us is always weaponized by someone that is just a little bit smarter, not smarter. I, I want to say conniving and it's all yeah. about power. That's, you know, you wonder, it reminds me in business. I've seen some people in business situations. I've seen some conniving people who have got big business opportunities put in front of them. And rather than act on them and really research, they end up, well, they try, but they end up reverting to type and they end up, becoming connivers and trying to steal somebody with the opportunity to make tens of millions of dollars, but can't resist the ability to pill for 40 grand or 50 grand. It's like, and, and gets fired. And they just, at the end of the day, they just can't change who they, their DNA sometimes. Well, you know, I, I, speaking of can't change our ingrained things, um, you know, on the campaign trail, I met some very interesting people and I met this Democrat, a woman named LaShondra. She's actually running as a write-in right? She was a Democrat. She explained, you know, to people that she walked away from the party because it's all business. It's not about the people we had. I took her out to dinner, right? With one of my campaign members and her campaign manager and had a really good discussion. And it was more to gauge how people like her, who she said, you know, I went to jail, I did this, I did that, but I worked hard, you know, I'm focused, I want to fix things. And a lot of the ideas she had, there is like this real struggle among many voters, especially on the left, you know, you know, she's a black American female. When we talked about reparations, right? She, she sat there and said, we need to be paid reparations. And I said, why? And I said, I'm green. Where is she from? She's from Ohio. She's running for Senate as a write-in in Ohio. And um, her ethnicity is what? She's black American, right? She's just a, an American with darker skin color, basically, right? And she said that we need these reparations. And I had a, a discussion with her. Why? Because we were enslaved. And I said, did you know that the Greeks were considered black up until 1990? 
right? They could tick the black box and that they were in colored school. And her older campaign person there said she is right. That's true. Oh, the Greeks were slaves of the Turks for 400 years. Yeah, I know. They're not asking for reparations, but I'm talking about in the U.S. This is the untold history that they were considered rats and had to attend colored schools. But the Greeks never asked for anything. The minute well, they're was- on somewhere, Tori, don't you? Well, I mean, you know, they just no, no, no. They, yeah. they 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 picked up and said, no, forget it. And they opened up restaurants and hotels. You know, they're known for that. Right. The minute the revolution happened and the Civil War happened, they broke free and pulled their pants up and said, let's go. Whereas others fell into this victim cycle because, yes, the majority of them were more abused. But why would Americans have to pay for it? You know, here we have Kamala Harris, supposedly a woman of color. I mean, she's more Indian than anything um, who people ask for reparations were being sterilized in California because they were considered feeble-minded and she ignored them, did right? She? Yes, she did. They were still doing that? Okay, were still doing, I have a video on my YouTube channel um, titled Eugenics, E-U space G-E-N space I-N-C-S where it's a whole documentary and it actually depicts how the Nazis took books from California to implement in their strategies of psychological warfare and creating minority groups so that we, they can weaponize them. And, and that's the Jim Crow South, the Democrat yeah. South. <laughs> well, the Democrats. Well, you know, and having this conversation with her, I realized that she saw a lot of things like, oh, you know, the way you get put into position is that you put the time in and then they select you. You have to put the years and the work in. And she felt hurt that she had put so much work to be representing the Democrat Party and they didn't take her. They went for someone else that hadn't done the work and that was casted for the role. Casted for the role. Funny you're saying all this. We're talking to another uh, woman, African-American woman, who's joining our movement, who's BLM. Oh, my gosh. I sat down with the BLM chapter in Cleveland. Black, I had a conversation black with woman who feel, who's, she says the Democratic primaries are all rigged. Yeah, and uh-huh. she's absolutely sure of it. She's got all this. So there's a BLM woman, African-American woman, who's joining us. But, you know, the last, the last one of our, we call them ghost dances, these situations we create where – hundred citizens come in and there was a panel and sometimes some states, state politicians, and they talk about election integrity for a day. We call those ghost dances. We just did one down in Palm beach. And we had one panel that out of five people, four were Democrats, two or three were African-American and they were great. And they sound like you and me, Tori. I wonder what, you know, uh, that's the thing. People are afraid about the, election, about the elections, about the yeah. election machines and how dirty it is and how dirty the system is. And how nobody has any trust in it and such. Um, uh, yesterday, yeah. yesterday I was confronting that. I just want to tell you on that, on the election machines, I went to two events in Ashland yesterday. So I went to the Ashland, uh, chamber of commerce to speak and I asked for questions. And so, you know, your typical wispy hair, you know, person with the talking points comes out and says, so do you believe the 2020 elections were stolen? And I said, every single election starting from 2004 and onwards, has been stolen. The first one was stolen in Ohio. Do you have amnesia? Why are you making this about Trump? And he was like, well, we do have paper ballots. And I said, yeah, but machines are counting the paper ballots. And, you know, in my lawsuit, Patrick, that I have, it's actually very streamlined. I don't know if you read it, but as an independent, it gave me even more footing 
because independents are put to the side. They're not allowed to be poll watchers. Did you know that in the state of Ohio, independents aren't afforded the opportunity to poll watch? That I have to ask for permission. I even sent out emails to everyone, including J.D. Vance and a bunch of others, both Democrat and Republicans and Jim Jordan, and said, hey, would you sponsor me since you're on the ballot to allow me to have poll watchers? That's what they do to people that don't subscribe to the two-party system. Well, this young man says, well, that's ridiculous. We have paper ballots. And I said, yeah, but the, they're not counted by people. They're counted by a machine. And I want to see how the machine counts. And from my experience, having participated in 45 different elections overseas, I could tell you it's not counting one plus one. I want to see it. And I just want them to let me see the source code to see that it is so. That it All is, of the source code should be open source. Everything uh, should it, be open it, source. It, right. But they claim it's going to be cyber hacked. Well, how is that going to happen if you're not connected to the Internet? Someone's lying somewhere. But I told him, what is the problem with me asking to see how it counts? If you're telling me I shouldn't see it and, and, and the incumbent, who, by the way, was endorsed by Klaus Schwab. He's a Republican, right? I, I, you know, he's saying, oh, look, I created a public investigative division. So now you're throwing police. Oh, don't look at the box. I just told the counties they're not allowed to tell you about the box and who really owns the IP addresses because DHS does, right? <laughs> DHS literally is conducting most of these elections. Uh, you know, I've brought police too. And then he goes out to say that he found 75 people that voted again and again. Do you know how he did that? There was an actual citizen that met with me staunch Republican that reached out to him and said, I'm very concerned because the BMV is privatized that, you know, this is how they're voting again and again and again in counties like Hamilton and Franklin and Cuyahoga County. And so he said, well, if you find any illegals, you know, you give them to me and I'll arrest them. That's what he did. There were people that genuinely were concerned about election fraud and he did nothing. He just said, just give me their names and I'll prosecute them. And now he's like, look, I'm about election integrity because I caught a couple people, which he can't catch because he's privatized the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. It's like a franchise, like McDonald's, Patrick. Hmm. This is what they've been doing across the nation. If people pay attention, their DMVs may indeed be franchises. So the DMVs are franchises. I can go and open one up if I want to. Are they really? Yes, private. And then people complain. People have my data. People have this. And it's like, no, duh. It's private. I can buy it. And 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 and, and that's the thing. There's this, there's this concern. I sat down with BLM chapter leaders in Cleveland. You know they trash Cleveland, right? And they're fed up with the Democrats. They trash you? They trash Cleveland. Oh, yeah, I know that. Remember? And I sat down with them and had a conversation. And, you know, they were like, you voted for Trump. And I was like, of course I did. I knew exactly what I was getting with Trump. There was no dilly dallying. Don't tell me you didn't feel safer. Don't tell me you didn't have more money. Who told you to go throw bricks and break stuff? What money did you get? You got absolutely nothing. And all they did was use you and amplify you for that. And they saw eye to eye. Oh, they totally get that now. <coughs> can, I, can I tell you something funny? Mm. <coughs> During the, when BLM first started going, Pardon me. When it first started going, some friends of mine who are, let's say, close to that movement, some woke friends, alerted me that and that basically there were provocateurs 
driving that. That so, And they had even been at a couple of the early protests, and they said there are clearly – they said just what the people said after J6. They said, look, we went to protest, and we went to have – but, you know, we got there and there's even videos of got people walking by. I think they're white from the way they walk. Pardon me if that's not. I don't know. Uh, Stereotype, it's not. Physiognomy is what it is. You know, we well, can't. With, with gloves on so you can't see the and masks so you can't see the skin. So there's a bunch of black people protesting at an intersection in Cleveland or Seattle or something. And but no one's being violent. And a guy walks by. It, dark clothes, dark, and he, uh, he's got a hammer in his hand. And just as he walks, he's just doing this. As he walks by, let me get so you can see me. He just, bam, 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 as he's walking by these windows past the store and knocks out all the windows. And, yeah, then the crowd runs in. It's like a Best Buy, and they're getting, you know, walk out with their TVs and such. But there's a guy who walked in front. So, basically, she was telling me what, the people who were down at the Capitol also say that the, that the thing was engineered. And I think that uh, I think that BLM and Antifa had a lot of engineering in them. The question is, who's behind all that engineering? In, 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 wait, are you talking you're talking BLM riots, right? That was BLM in the 2020. Yeah, 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 summer yeah, 2020 yeah. There were provocateurs, probably white, because they were doing everything to keep all their. And in the one video I saw, or two videos, they walk like white guys. So I don't know. If, is that racist to say? No, it's not because it's it's like uh, physiognomy, right? It's the art that well, we're so not they like white guys. anyway. They they, yeah. they look like white guys to me from their stiffness and such, and the, and the way they walk. I don't know. They just and but I'll never forget the guy. Just it was brilliant the way he was walking, the hammer at his side, and he was just smashing each window of a of a store as he walked by of all these stores. So once I saw that, and and one of these friends was very dis warned me that this is all being engineered behind this and black people aren't doing this or they're doing this. Yeah. If you go to any, if you go to, if there's a, if there's a demonstration in front of any place and you smash the windows or you open the 20 ton steel doors, what do you know? The crowd just one way or another, the crowd goes in size and does its thing. Patrick, you know, well, you know that it's just intellectuals and, and actually, uh, you know, crunchy Americans that are organizing this, they don't care about, uh, you know, anything about, uh, you know, impoverished Americans and minorities. You saw the videos from the Sunrise Movement. Like, look at them. You saw that firsthand. Look who's organizing again of The woman saying the thing about, you know what we're going to do when they get to the Capitol? We're just going to let them in. Yeah, that's it. they said that, and they said that before the elections. Remember, I had, yeah. can you send me that? Clip? I can send you that clip. I can send you that clip. I'll I'll DM it to you on Telegram um, after the show. the 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 thing is, is that what people don't seem to understand that this is very well orchestrated. Even the J six. You know what I'm pissed about, Patrick? So as me and my you know counterpart have been putting together the timelines, right? Yeah. We realized someone planted the idea of Antifa and there was no Antifa. It actually turns out, wait, it actually turns out to be a little bit more wow. And, you know, it was a few, you know, when I figured out, when I got Alexandria Pelosi's footage, which I am adamant that CNN stole that from my Dropbox. I am adamant that they were trying to get ahead of it because in August and in September, when I was in New York, I was providing that information that it was HBO and BBC. You know, they had the capital footage that everyone's cut out. 
that we're not allowed to see. But what I realized is like, for example, Jamie Ratskin, I call him Ratskin, his wife funds one of the biggest um, affinity cells in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Of what? Of the things you saw on the Zoom calls. The Affinity Cell of Sunrise, BLM? No, it's, it's their own. It's like Tacoma Park. That's what they're called. And these people are super insane. And you know who runs their stuff? Former U.S. attorneys, um, former IMF accountants run their money. I mean, this is insane. And they're all posing with, you know, Jamie Ratsky. They're the ones that did the whole SCOTUS attacks. Let's go to their house. Uh, You know, with the congressional baseball game that I was telling you about. The DOJ, the Merrick Garland, Attorney General Garland would not answer questions of Congress about why he let that go on. He was, did you see that? Was Mm -hmm. it him? There was someone in from the DOJ that the Congress and senators were trying to say, how are you letting people break the law and do this? And they didn't get a response. Who, who They're was not going to? I, I, I don't remember who asked, but ask yourself. Jamie is sitting on a panel discussing J six when he and his wife were actively participating in the affinity groups that promoted stalking SCOTUS and causing trouble at the congressional baseball game. Remember when I sent you the video that they were going to go to the nationals where Congress was playing against each other, yeah. right? They they advocate for actual violence and they're the ones funding and supporting these groups. And they're sitting on panels waving their finger on J6. But no one wants to talk about, you know, how they burned everything down to the ground the summer before to cause fear into any voter. You know, no one wants to talk about how they tried to make COVID racist, that it was targeting black people. Do you remember that? (laughs) That was hilarious. And it's like as if they were saying, all of you need the vaccines first. And I'm like, oh, seen this movie before. This is what they did in California. Fortunately, a lot of them remember something called the Tuskegee experiment. And have a healthy distrust of their, you know. When our, when our betters come and give us medical instructions, they have a healthy distrust of it, which I'm, I'm glad to know. Well, uh, they, yeah, I'm not even sure. I see people in your comments saying stuff about Antifa and BLM and stuff. BLM was provocateurs at a Trump rally. Let me raise a possibility. Maybe who's really doing the provocative, who's engineering all this, it's not Antifa. No, it's, it's not, not. BLM. It's yeah. not... They it's planted that. militias on the patriotic side. That's that behind. It's the the J six. All that stuff. There's forces behind the scene manipulating these and causes these things to happen. Okay, let me tell you this, Jason. Uh, it was not Jason. John Sullivan. Remember that Jaden X guy, right? Everyone's like he's Antifa. His brother's a good guy. Okay, what if I told you that from before that, from before J six, I have video footage of him with Proud Boys hanging out. Do you? Yes, I do. It's not that his brother's a good guy and he's a bad guy at BLM. It's, it's that like the Fonjul brothers. Yeah, the, the Fonjul. Yeah, they, they remind me of the Fonjul brothers, if anybody knows who they are. You know, that. yeah, they own all the sugar everywhere, right? 98% of the sugar operations. They own a hotel right next to the airport in the Dominican Republic where Epstein used to land all the time, right? And that's where, you know, Hillary Clinton's person was running away to from Haiti. And one of them funds the Republicans and the other one a Democrat. So that's what I think of. Oh, this is a Fonjul Brothers stencil. But I have videos. They're both assets. They're both assets of 
Oh, wait, I have contracts. Look, you might not like what I'm going to tell you, but you know the shaman guy, right? He had a contract with the Democrats. He was climate shaman before that. Come on. I have that in video, too. Like this is and when I, I, I went to the root to see who said it was Antifa and I saw that it was our own people claiming it was Antifa and that was planted because the person that did it is a bona fide, you know, intelligence asset, like says it. That was their job. They were a PAO and it stemmed from there. And I'm like, so that was a public affairs officer, which means spy, but in a more fancier title. Right. So, um, I saw that and I was just like, Oh, their dad is an air force captain. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, the air force and intelligence, the air force. I know, but, but that's not the, that's not the point. The point is that the proud boys were with him at other events before. Okay, and Which means neither of these guys are Proud Boys or BLM or Andy exactly. Boy. assets being it's, used and shaped differently. Exactly, things. and I remember back in 2020 before um, Millie premiered the Shadowgate um, video, I had gotten into an altercation with Cassandra Fairbanks, and I was like, "Dude, Enrique Tario is a Fed." Yeah, I need to tell you, I'm one of your listeners, and Melinda Rafault has put up. John's brother, James, is a member of the Proud Boys and they are twins. Are you sure that your video of John Sullivan with the Proud Boys could be his twin brother, James? No, 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 they're not twins. Stop. Why are people saying these things? One is slim. The other one's not. One is taller than the other. They could be twins, but they don't look alike. Okay, just stop. I'm not I'm not. I don't just say things. That's why the, the, the Ray Epps thing struck me. The, the people that surrounded Glenn Beck struck me, you know, they just me too to Elijah Schaefer. And that's almost like the deep state code is you're going to take that hit rather than going down for something else. And I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that. And I don't care because the proof is who's Elijah Schaefer. Um, well, he is supposedly a, a reporter. He went into, uh, the Capitol as a reporter and, um, you know, he put out how Nancy Pelosi, how everyone left their computers open and everything. He was just me too prior to my, this is why I'm adamant. Someone probably hacked my Dropbox account because it's not a coincidence that he gets me too a couple days after I had a compromising Dropbox account. And then they released the Pelosi punching footage, right, that I had. I had that from the summer. What is that punching footage supposed to demonstrate? So watch. So she said, if Trump comes over here, I'll punch him. I mean, that's just yeah, it, it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, like she would snap like a twig, like she, or her punching him would hurt her. Right. It's Let's just, just be straight. It's Sound, just a speech. Right. It's just what I'm saying is it was a show. They were recording that to create a documentary. So that way they can deploy that and show people how not to act again. And this is why you should be correct in speech and walking. It backfired on them. Remember, I told you those documentarians from overseas were a big problem, right? Not just the Dutch ones, not just the British ones. But I remember I told you that a long time ago. And yeah, you did tell me that. And you told right. me that the Roger Stone's documentary ones, they've come out with something yeah. that he said. Uh, what, what do you think of this leak that they came out with? Is something he said on January 20. My gosh, nobody looks that those documentarians are actually on the WikiLeaks site. As defense contractors, and this wasn't an operation of the Democrats and Republicans. This was a five eyes operation done. And it, they had infiltrated the ranks like so bad within the left 
the right, you know, and the Congress was compliant with it. Or maybe they were just actors part of the show. Who knows? Because, I mean, Schumer looked really dumb in those videos. I have more footage that you'll be like, what? Is this for real? How is this person in office? He shouldn't even be in an airplane. He's probably the one trying to figure out how to put on the seatbelt the way he was talking. I'm telling you, the, 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 the footage is insane. And people don't want to have these conversations because we're in an era of tribalism and we have just peaked. Right. We peaked on January 6th with this tribalism where they're keeping us in red and blue cages. And, you know, if you believe anything that the left has is meritful, you're a traitor. If you believe anything that the right has is, you know, I keep on I'm, I'm around people who somebody recently said in a speech and I was on the stage. I won't say who somebody said something about we're at war and this is between the Democrats and the Republicans. And I immediately said, that's not how no. I feel. This is a if there's the the in group and the out group. The in group are the people like you and me and your listeners who get that this is all a psyop and there are people trying to divide us and that we have to see past it. And the the people being played are all the people out there who believe that this is a war between the left and the right or the Republicans and Democrats or the whites and the blacks or any of that. That's what they that's what they're trying. That's the con. You're falling for the con. The people who see through the con from both sides are the, the ones who are going to save the country. Well, you know, I had a conversation with some conservatives here that are voters in Ohio and they're Republicans. They're like, we need to save the children. This is disgusting. We need to vote red. And I said, how are you voting red? Do you know that your secretary of state is funded by Les Wexner? like actually funded. He sponsors him. He pays him money to his campaign for his run. So how are you saving the children if you're voting for someone that takes money from a prolific pedophile, the actual person that created Epstein? Like, how is that? Like, the, like the, the, it's real. Like, these people don't want to see through. Like, show me your donors and I'll tell you who you are. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I have like a ton. We have a couple, like what, two 2,000 or somewhat on Rumble. And we have another thousand on the other channels too. Wow. Um, so yeah. I have to tell you, I don't you, know if you can see those. At 1.30 in four minutes, I'm going to have to pop off. If you would like me to come back, I could. Uh, but I no. got to pop off for an interview. I'm just going to talk about you know, regular news and stuff. I, you know, we should do this more often because a lot of people have conspiracy theories about you. He was with Warren Buffett. He's 1%. He's a fed. I'll and it's like, come back and talk and I'll come on. Yeah. I'll be a Do you have any regulars? Um, no, I don't. I don't, I don't, you know, I stand on my own feet. I don't use it. I only have friends on, you know, yeah, no, I, I love that. I think the accusations, I don't like, you know what I'd rather do come on your show and answer them all once all the accusations, anything it people doesn't matter. Have, it doesn't matter. They'll still bring your people will make a deal from then on when they hear them out in the world, they'll, they'll say, Oh no, no, I heard burn reply answer that charge once. And this is what he said. And so I don't have to go and do it over and over. I'll come once and, and do that all at once. Patrick, and give answers to all the accusations that everyone in your world has of me. Nobody listens. I mean, look at me with the North Dakota attorney general. Right. The guy killed himself and took 23 years of DOJ emails with him. Deleted. No one went to jail for that. That's serious. It was on the news and everyone's, you know, still pandering on the fact that I did. And I didn't do anything, Patrick. And that's what hurts me. And it's like, you know, and, and, and I've answered to it and people still throw it in my face. And I'm like, oh, man, these people really don't know what it's like to fight, you know, really big heavy hitters and how they come at you with the kitchen sink. Right. I mean, look, Kavanaugh was put on the spot. Right. 
for a party that some chick may have remembered, didn't know the location. I mean, this is ridiculous. Like when you see it, it's like people. No remember. She didn't remember. She didn't remember <laughs> where it was, the house it was, the, this, how she got home. But she remembered one thing that she had one and precisely one beer. Yeah, yeah, and 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 she was assaulted, but she doesn't know where, with who, and how many. And come on, like the, if you yeah. step back and look at it, it just looks so dumb. Yeah, I wonder if what would have happened if just before we were about to swear in Barack Obama as president, somebody from Hawaii had jumped up and said, "Well, back when we were fifteen, this guy groped me over my shirt, and but I don't remember anything about it. But we need to stop and have a three hundred man FBI investigation." Before we can go forward with swearing this guy in as president, it would just look. Insane. We had his male lover, remember, talking about giving him fellatio and doing drugs in the backseat of his car, right? Uh, what's his name? Come on, uh, let me look at the it audience. I remember, for Obama's lover, where he went to Congress, he testified that you I know. I don't know anything about this kind of okay, stuff. No, 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 it's a real thing. Like you can Google it. He, he had a lover. That stuff about Obama being gay or anything. Uh, uh, well, I worked under him. I can tell you that he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some class. Let's well, return comedy in class to we I got to pop up for this other meeting. If yeah. you'd like, I'll come. I'll come back. Maybe. Hey, I know that this weekend you're not going to be around, um, but we really have to get together, and hopefully after all of this we can, because I have a friend in South Carolina right now being denied a heart transplant because he's not taking the COVID vaccine, and he can't get out. Maybe the you'll have to get in touch out. with your old friend who would very much like to mend fences a friend of yours with a sheepskin on the wall who would very much like to be mend fences with you and remembers fondly his two years riding at your side. Maybe, maybe he's someone who can help you with that. No, but no, no. I, I, we've got, we've got the legal team. I just wanted, you know, okay. to let you know, this is atrocious stuff. We should talk about that. Bye. Much bye. Patrick. bye. Hey, listen, listen, listen. One last thing. You with me? Yeah. I sent you on signal a graph. I wanted you to put up. Uh, this is our oil reserve. Does this, did, uh, if, can you put that up on screen? The oil piggy bank, right? That's the oil piggy bank. Can you put yeah. that up on screen and explain yep. it? Is that, is that a man who's trying to win or is that a man who's trying to not to win? Uh, like, trying to tank our economy and yeah. put us in a more difficult position. I would say that would be more substantial in, in what it is. Hold on. Let that, me pull it up. I'm putting it up. That so nuts. There's no justification for this right now. And I don't know how people are talking about this. This is this is atrocious. Hold on. Let me get it up. I got to split my beer. I got to split. Great. Oh, go, go. Beer. I'll put it up. I'll put it up. calling as a, as a, I guess, <laughs> you, have, you, you give great voice. You, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Patrick. Guys, this is what he sent me. This is it. The petroleum reserve will shrink to a 40 year look this is by bloomberg low as the white house taps in to put a lid on global oil prices can you guys see that look how much it was filled up and i believe this could be erroneous right here because we had actually tapped into it beforehand because president trump actually refilled that so this i believe is misinformation right here i'm speaking from experience as energy was uh uh, a, a domain that I worked on a lot. So between the year 2000, where it tanked and 9-11, um, uh, you know, right after 9-11 and up until, uh, you know, Obama went into office. Remember, we had $5 gas prices with Obama. Um, this hasn't changed. 
So um, I wanted just kind of to talk about things today. And it was great to have, you know, Patrick on uh, that are real issues as, as, as Americans, because all of us are, are voting and for people, it needs to be, you know, you can't be a little conservative or a little liberal. You've got to be very firm in what, you know, you stand for. And we have a society right now that makes absolutely no sense, right? Absolutely no sense. You know, as I said, when people are telling me we need to save the children, the only way you save the children is by ensuring that you have the right people in office to hold them accountable. But when you're sitting there and you're electing people or supporting people that are being funded by the very people that cause nightmares um, to children, that's a big deal. And not only that, you know, every single conservative knows um, what Klaus Schwab has to say about the people in general, just human beings, that we need to own nothing and love it, that, you know, we need to, you know, kind of just bend the knee. And that same monster endorses the Secretary of State of Ohio, who's leading the DHS misinformation program. Like there's documentation. It's not a joke. And, you know, people are so always talking about this dilution. And that's why in the video that I put on, um, I put it on, uh, on the rumble, right? I want to show this because she put it so sustenantly. It was so perfect the way she spoke about it. That, you know, it was short, sweet, and straight to the point. I want to see if I can pull up this video um, so you guys can see it yourself. I was like, why aren't more people talking like this? Why aren't more people seeing this? It is, it is, an, it, it is pure insanity when you watch people telling you that they're for the people, by the people, but their actions are not right? You cannot say one thing and do another. You know, I, I saw people so erroneous, you know, it's us, the people, we, the people that have helped President Trump's team and others in the past with information because we ask the right questions. And when you see that people are not asking the right questions and not doing their research and just promoting things because someone said so, that's a problem. Let me show you this video. Howdy, Patriots. Candy Cook here. Um, y'all, can we just stop with the you have to vote this way or this way? And any other candidate doesn't stand a chance, so it's just not worth it, and you're the problem for dividing the vote. Y'all, just stop it. Okay? They're all... All these people, left and right, red and blue, they're all the same team. None of them care about you. None of them give a hoot about freedom. They care about control and money. That's it. And honestly, most of them are just puppets anyway. What this is, is mom offering the toddler peas or broccoli for dinner. But y'all, mom is evil and both the broccoli and peas are poisoned. Stop it. Y'all don't have to play their game. You cannot win the devil's game by playing by his rules. 
You just can't. God bless you, Patriots. See, how simple was that? Simply put, straight to the point. And that's the problem that we have. Now, for me, I already won. I'm in the courts, and I will demand to see how this machine counts. This is a question that people have been asking for decades. And like I said, during my um, speech at the Ashland uh uh, chamber of commerce, there was a young guy, you know, who was reluctant to say, you know, he was like, well, what you're telling me that my vote doesn't count. Yeah, absolutely. Your vote doesn't count. They already know who they want in office, right? And they will tell the program and this is it. It's just simple math, simple programs. I want this to be the outcome. Here are how many people are coming. Now you give me that outcome. And so, you know, I don't understand why people don't see how this is happening. It's pretty straightforward. You know, it is. It is. Now, on that note, I saw a lot of comments, you know, about Patrick Byrne and all of these things, you know, and how he said he'll answer the questions. And like I repeated to him, no one's ever going to let go. They're going to regurgitate and recycle, regurgitate and recycle because that's their job. They're tasked to do that. They are tasked to do that. So, you know, regardless if you're speaking common sense, what they're going to be attacking is the person, whatever it is. And um, I want you guys to understand that. Do not be influenced. Ask your own questions, right, about every single person that you're out there to vote. Ask your own questions. And I say the simplest way is go and look and see who's supporting them. Who are their sponsors? Who's funding them, right? Because they declare all of that. And you will see, because for me, when my politician is funded by Pfizer, right? I'm obviously going to be questioning, is he talking on behalf of his sponsor or himself? Because they gave him a lot of money. When I see someone talking about justice and, you know, family values, but they're taking money from pedophiles. That's a big problem for me too. See, people have access to this information, but they feel like they don't have time. It takes you no time at all to go and pull up their financials. When they campaign, they have to report. So the question is, did they report their financials? Yes. So go and look at it. Les and Abigail Wexner donated, I think, 50 grand. And now Les Wexner on his own gave him another five grand. From my opponent, the people are supposedly claiming is amazing. The same guy that went with Cindy McCain to elect, uh, select Zelensky. The same guy who, when he was a legislator, helped his dad's private nonprofit become part of Ohio state law that is now a World Economic Forum partner. Like, come on. Are people just dense? Probably because they think and they are told that if you move out of the box, you'll fail. So just pick the lesser evil. That's not the way we should be. And then there's people that don't seem to understand, you know, we all need to be more like Jesus. You know, even, even Muslims say that we should be more like Jesus. And I don't hear Christians saying that. What would Jesus do? 
Would he sit there and do this? Absolutely. He's, he was probably the only person that could throw stones, right? And never picked one up. And if all of us thought like that, when we interacted with people or interact, interacted with our community, right? It would be huge, a huge change. You know, I, uh, when I sat down for dinner with LaShondra, I uh, bought her dinner. I, I, and her campaign people, I could see the struggle. My heart broke for her because she was so in the system that she stepped outside of it because she was upset. And now her eyes are opening. And I can tell you, she will be a force to be reckoned with in the next couple of years for sure. Cause she will cultivate that. She will cultivate on the ability to stand on her own two feet. You know, I see a lot of people will so-and-so endorse. So what does this mean? So-and-so said, you know, did this. So what does that mean? Is that what you reduce yourself to what someone else tells you? Why can't you make your own decisions? See, if all of us actually voted honestly and listened to what these candidates are saying nationwide, Our elections would be different, but our society would be completely different. There would be more value for life. We wouldn't have riots. We wouldn't have the media doing what they're doing. You know, when when I decided to run for secretary of state, you think I want to do politics? I don't play nice. I am not nice. When I work with people that seek to take, you know, and push advantages on others. I don't play nice. I'm patient, but I do not play nice at all, ever. For me, seeing that the state of Ohio is the experiment source, we've talked about the smart cities, but in order for them to actually operate, we need you know, internet voting first. And see, here's where me and Patrick Byrne disagree. He's about the sovereign ID, and I would too. But the problem is, under the guise of proprietary information, when you create a code, you can bake in the cheating, especially in a blockchain. From the first step, it can start cheating. Then you have no chance ever to express that. And, and as I've expressed many, many times, right? In Ohio, the Secretary of State, prior to him actually, I think it was Houston, right? If I'm not mistaken, whatever. They bought Votum, which is conic, right? The one where the guy is in China, will, will, would store the data into China. If you read what Votum does, they promote internet Voting. And so, you know, what we have, I I want you guys to take it a step back, not because I'm running. I'm running and giving you guys one of the biggest civic lessons ever. You are seeing firsthand how corrupt and dishonest these people are. I mean, you know, even the, 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 the Supreme Court judge, Pat DeWine and Fisher, who uh, together groveled to President Trump on the back of J.D. Vance to try to get an endorsement and they failed. 
these people are so bad that as judges, they didn't like the word that I used in the affidavit. Mind you, same affidavit I've used before. And that's why they were like, oh, we should just let him break the law because she didn't put the right word. This is where you see corruption. And then people are like, well, what do we do? Do we have Democrats? Well, if you have me as secretary of state, that can be rectified almost instantly. Because in my state, no judges will allow to be having political affiliation. In my state, no corporations will be allowed to fund candidates. On a presidential stage, the federal government allows it. Let it so be. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be sued like crazy. I know by my own state when I'm in office. And I know the people will have my back because what I'm saying is what they want. And that's the way we make change by facilitating the opportunities for others to do it, not for you to do it. For me, I can't do much. The only thing I can do is enforce the laws that are present, you know, issue directives that will facilitate the ability for average citizens that are not corporate funded to actually run and be heard. It is common sense. I want people to be heard. The people of Franklin County in the most impoverished area, right, should be heard, but they are not. Instead, they have people that are rising up in the ranks of the Democrat Party, and then they filter out who can cast for the role better. It's all a show, and nobody wants it. Absolutely not. For me, like I said, I already won. I'm in the courts. I've started the conversation. It's civil and it's straightforward. If you're telling me that these machines are so legit, I should be able to look inside. And you're not just going to give me Dominion. You're going to give me ES&S. You're going to give me all of them. And I am entitled to that. Because that is my vote. That is the vote of the people that want to vote for me. And if you're styming it, I should have the right to see it. Think about it, you guys. The incumbent on September 19th drew authority from a bill talking about guns in schools to disallow people to have access to information about these machines. The incumbent keeps saying we use paper ballots and he's a liar because the paper ballots don't mean anything. You could draw squigglies on it. The machine already knows how it wants you to vote. He created a directive instructing all the counties to not let people ask questions about the tabulator or who actually is running the IP addresses, which is DHS. And if you remember in 2016, it was DHS that got caught in Georgia's machines fiddling with the elections. If you remember, Kemp wrote a scathing letter to the inspector general about them being in the machines. But then he became governor. He forgot all about that. And now he's part of the crew. You see how that works. And not only that, because people weren't satisfied with that, he created a policing division like that works. So now he's a policeman too. Remember, he's the only secretary of state that has been authorized by state law. This is how corrupt your legislators are. To be a DHS advisor. So he wears both a federal and state hat. That's a big problem because his priorities, where do they lie? For the people of Ohio or the federal government? You see? And these are unelected positions. This is happening in every state, not just Ohio. I'm simply showing it to you so it doesn't happen again. 
almost like the way Eisenhower took people over to see all the dead so that the Holocaust doesn't happen again. But here we are again. We're having it again. It's only different now. It's a 2.0 version, right? The system has been created to keep you enslaved within two camps to control you, to give you the illusion of choice. The system has also created that two party, two cages to control every aspect of you. And they just swap positions. They pretend they're fighting. And everyone has been subscribing to that. And one thing we learned during the 2015 campaign for presidential elections of 2016 is that they are shameless. They are relentless. And they will go to extraordinary measures to silence anyone that encourages people to think. If anything, vote on the day. Do not vote early because voting early provides them numbers and those numbers help them uh, <clears throat> tweak their algorithms to be ready just in case people come out in droves. And that's a fact. This isn't something new. And you know, I loathe it when people say it's about Trump. I could literally see that young man's face confused when he was con you know, confronted with truth. He said, I don't believe that. I was like, I don't care whether you believe the truth is the truth. Sorry. You know, that's it. And that's the problem that we have. I believe so-and-so said, so who's so-and-so? Do they feed you? Do they clothe you? Are they putting a roof over your head? So why are you giving merit to someone that told you something if they don't benefit you? They don't put food in your kid's mouth. So why is their opinion more important than yours that is slaving away every day? We need to ensure that we stand on our own two feet. I've said this so many times. They only look like giants because you are literally on your knees. That's a fact. Look, look, the Republicans, Republicans don't, don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I mean, yeah. it's not a joke. And I, I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you got to send them to jail, uh, you know. You see, they're telling you, you don't follow the rules and you don't obey, you go directly to jail. I mean, how much clearer do they have to make it? How much more evident does it have to be before you see what is really happening here? It doesn't make sense, does it? It's hard. It's really hard for people to see it. Well, let's go back in time and listen to an NSA whistleblower. Or they can tell you how your government operates. I was breaking, uh, breaking different codes and uh, and data systems and uh, doing data analysis against the the Soviet Union. 
after 9-11, um, they took one of the programs I would, had done, or the back end part of it, and started to use it to spy on everybody in this country. So and that, that was a program they created called Stellar Wind. That was the separate and compartmented from the regular activity that was. Stellar Wind, Solar Wind. Okay, Stellar Wind, right? See where I'm going with that? ongoing because it was doing domestic spying. All the equipment was coming in, I knew something was happening, but then when my, the uh, contractors I had hired came and told me what, what they were doing, it was clear where all the hardware was going and what they were using it to do. Somebody told me that they can listen to what we're saying by my having this even if it's turned off. Yes. Here's the, here's the real grand design. Every domain, think of a domain as an activity, uh, a specific type of activity, phone calls, or banking is another domain. So if you think of graphing each domain, and then each graph and turning it in the third dimension, the, the trick now is to map through all the domains in that third dimension, pulling together all the attributes that any individual has in every domain, so that now I can pull your entire life together from all those domains and map it out and show your entire life. Now, let me stop one second there. Just one second. Every domain, your banking, your Facebook, your Snapchat, your Gmail, your text, your signal, your truth social, your Twitter, your gab, your, your, your WhatsApp, your voting. Are you getting what I'm trying to tell you? Most of these people aren't campaigning because they have data, just like the data that was purchased to show the 2000 mules, just like the data that I say that they buy from the Bureau of Motor Vehicles in Ohio. They know how you will vote, so they won't do anything to stop that because it benefits them. Because when they raised $2 million trying to push the, you know, like the 1990s are calling back. They're no longer to be deified. They are not gods. They are not important to the people. We do not need confetti and balloons. They're average people that are, have been supposedly elected to represent our voices. And they don't even give us the time of day. So again, how do you fix this? It is a monster that has already been unleashed. We're already in the system. How do you fix it? It goes back to how you destroy a tank. And the only way you do it is by creating and maintaining fair, free, and tamper-proof elections. Because that is where the people can come in. Listen to what else he tells you. It's fascinating. I'm not sure how many of you got a chance to hear uh, Keith Alexander yesterday, the head of the NSA, uh, talk about the NSA's activities. Bill, how do you reconcile, is there some way to reconcile General Alexander's statement that the NSA isn't keeping track of every American with the existence of a facility like the one in Utah? NSA's charter, and it was a legitimate one, was to do foreign intelligence, and I was with that all the way, and I did the best I could in that job. Unfortunately, they took those programs that I built and turned them on you, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. I didn't intend that. 
but they did that. What you're describing really is hard to reconcile with the laws as the laws are generally understood by the lawyers who work with them. Uh, most people are familiar with the Webster's definition of intercept. UCID 18 has a different definition and that's uh, an intercept doesn't take place until it's actually listened to, until somebody puts on, on some earphones or actually reads some text on a screen. So you can pull in all the communications you want. The acquisition isn't the search, uh, the querying later on is the search. They can then keep it in their database and target after the fact by going back and conducting data mining searches afterward, in other words, to get the information that they couldn't target from the outset. And there is another real problem. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, the software will, once it takes in data, it will build profiles on everybody in that data. The purpose is to monitor, be able to monitor what people are doing. Um, you, you build social networks for everybody. Uh, that then turns into the graph, and then you index all that data to that graph, which means you can pull out a community. That, that gives the, you the, an outline of the life of everybody in the community. And if you carry it over time from 2001 up, you have that 10 years worth of their life that you could lay out in a timeline that involves anybody in the country even senators and House of Representatives, all of them. The dangers here are that we fall into something like a totalitarian state like East Germany. Uh, well, they came in gun strong, you know, in my house. They didn't do that to the others, but they did it to me. I guess, I don't know, they thought I was probably the most dangerous of all, so I don't know. I don't know what was in their minds, okay. So, but they did that, and they, and they came in and pointed a gun at me when I, I was getting out of the shower at the time, so they pointed a gun right at my old head, you know, and said, hey. So, <laughs> I wasn't too upset. I just said, uh, yeah, I suppose I, can get a, I could get dressed here, <laughs> you know, trying to, they weren't intimidating me anyway, so. Tell me something that will uh, intimidate, implicate somebody in a crime, that's what they asked me. So I told them what the crime was that I knew about, and that was that, uh, uh, George Bush, Dick Cheney, Tennant, and Hayden conspired to subvert the Constitution, the constitutional process, and any number of laws, and here's how they did it, and I explained stellar wind on my back porch to all the FBI agents who weren't cleared. So they had a problem. Uh, I created a problem for them because they had a bunch of people now who weren't cleared for a very highly classified, only because it was domestic spying, by the way, was the reason it was highly classified. They, you know, they wanted to highly classify the extreme impeachable crimes that they were committing. And remember, I told you that it was in 2004, right, that the first elections were stolen, right? And as you can see, top Justice Department officials threatened to resign in 2004 because Stellar Wynn violated the law. How did that work out? We're here. Tenet, right? I've talked about him. Very little. You should read his book, In the Storm. Very interesting. He's the Les Wexner of John Brennan. <laughs> this isn't a game, you guys. These people are terrible. I'd like to show you what, we're, what, uh, what I'm up against. I guess what the nation is up against, too, in a sense. You should see who, who supports your candidates. But let's just finish up what the amazing Mr. Binning has said. 
it needs to be out in the open. We need to, as a democracy, we need to say, do we want our government doing this or not? And do we want our government to, to, to have this data or not? And if, if so, if we want them to have it, then what kind of controls? And they have to be a little bit more visible. It can't all be done in secret. You can't have secret interpretations of laws and, and run them in secret and not tell anybody. We can't make up kill lists and not tell anybody what the criteria is for being a kill list. This is something the KGB, the Stasi, or the Gestapo would have loved to have had about their populations. So, I mean, you know, and just because we call ourselves a democracy, right, doesn't mean we, can, we will stay that way. That's the real danger. And we, the people, may have absolutely nothing to say about it. We haven't had anything to say so far. So someone said, I'm surprised he isn't dead. See, they don't need to kill you. They just need to kill your reputation. They need to call you crazy. They need to make things up, right? And this is why charges are never filed against people that speak truth, because they can actually point to the truth, right? And then it's a big problem, because in a court of law, you can, you can play games, but when you arrest someone and charge them with something, you know the public's going to be listening, you know they're going to be watching, and that's where it comes down to. They made his life a living hell. I'm no Bill Binney, but I've been on the receiving end. And every single day, I am tortured with that by people that seek notoriety or some grandiose BS. I don't want this. But like him, you know, he said, I'm sorry, I made this. And like him, I'm trying to right the wrongs that I did. It's not rocket science. Now, let me show you what I'm really up against. Here is the Secretary of State. He's promoted by the Millennial Action Project, Ohio Future Caucus. He's an emeritus co-chair of this. You need to see what this company is, right? You need to understand who sponsors them. Let's see. Um, I need to find their sponsors. Here they are, their mission. They advocate what they say first. Here's how they were founded. Harry S. Truman Scholarship for Public Service. This is only where we begin. Let's go to their partners. The Aspen Institute. That's where we had uh, Rod Rosenstein and Adam Schiff and all of them collude. Bipartisan Policy Center. Brennan Center for Justice. Bridge Alliance. Concordia. Huh? Look, Hewlett. Institute of Politics. Democracy Fund. Unite. Are you paying attention, you guys? These are the people that are pandering to Americans, telling them that they actually care about them, that they actually focus on them. And when I see that our own alternative media is promoting them, I'm like, do they know who they are promoting? Do they know who they are? Green Beret? Like I said, maybe like the ones in their hair. He's a weekend warrior. And instead of liberating the oppressed, which is what green berets are supposed to do, he's helping on the oppression named 12 legislators to watch. 
because he helped put his daddy's business in there and bring in foreign influence into the state of Ohio. Why does everything happen in Ohio? Well, like they said, as goes Ohio, so does the nation. Yet, you know, people like to talk as if they know what they're talking about. They look at talking points from either really evil people that just want, you know, to be popular. Oh, look at me. I'm hanging out with the cool kids. I don't show my Rolodex. I don't tell people, you know. Oh, look. It's so lame. So lame. So is it tonight that he's in Strongsville with a bunch of Republicans I'm hoping that actual conservatives will go out there and ask him questions. Because no debate. See, tyrants do not answer questions. Tyrants deflect. He was actually asked a question about going to Ukraine, and he lied. He said he went to see his sister. That's a lie. It clearly said he went with Cindy McCain's delegation. Remember, McCain, that worked with me in the 2014 elections to get them rigged, right? McCain, out of all people, this is the problem. No one pays attention to detail. Oh, well, so-and-so, Sen. Then who's so-and-so? Do they feed you? No. Do they clothe you? No. And why are they more important than what your view is? See? See? That's the problem. We have given our thoughts and our direction and our choices to people that don't affect us. I don't see how any of them affect you. So why are you listening to them? Hmm? I digress, right? I seriously digress. So I'll end today's show with just again, I'm going to show you the sneak peek of my J6 trailer. And my Enjoy the Show trailer, which, by the way, I have very frustrated producers because I haven't gone around to finishing up the audio, but I'm going to do it today so I can get that tidied up and snatched up. I have been completely swamped. So here's my J6 trailer. Now pay attention to the faces that I highlight. The J6 committee just decided to subpoena President Donald J. Trump. Please go ahead. As you can see from this trailer, which I am dropping today, I saw that Anderson Cooper showed footage from HBO. HBO footage that Alexandria Pelosi and her husband Michael Voss recorded. No one has that Capitol footage except for HBO and me. This is how they try to take control of the narrative, but that was expected. We were ready for that. You'll be surprised who you've been following, who you've been supporting. That was actually part of this whole scheme. Oh, and it was not Antifa. That was actually planted information, planted disinformation. If you think the elections were stolen by the Democrat, you still don't see it. Please enjoy this short trailer. Let the games begin. On that day, a violent mob incited by shameless lies told by a defeated president launched the worst attack on our republic since the Civil War. Let's keep in mind that the location where the president started his speech, where the speech took place, it's a 45 minute walk from that location to the Capitol. So if 
uh, the individuals who were at the speech were involved, they would have had to leave before President Trump even started his speech. You would think that the gentleman has probably taken that walk himself several times, uh, several blocks. Just all he has to do, Mr. Lynch, take a look at your, your, your mapping app. You'll see it's 45 minutes. There's a difference between marching on the Capitol and assaulting the Capitol. That's the de delineation I'm trying to make despite the partisan attack that I just was subjected to. Waited him for coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment he is not coming, but that could change. Nobody comes. I'm going to punch him out. This oh, is my no, mom. I would pay to see that. Waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. All right. So that was the J6 preview. And it's going to start from January 5th, actually. Someone's talking about um, an 18-hour live from J6. YouTube stole it. Um, please get in contact with one of my admins, preferably Miguel, on my um, Telegram. There's ways of getting that. Just, let, just hit me up. We got this. Now, I also want to end with the most important of all which is the fact that you are all watching a show. This is all a show. And it is unfortunate that many of us are so polarized we don't see it. We're so tribal that we're not paying attention. That all the answers to the questions that you may have in regards to everything, actually, <laughs> is in our history. It's not something far-fetched it's not something you know that someone is concocting if you pay attention to history and to what they tell you it all makes sense it's all different and there is nothing left for them to do it is important to be able to connect the dots backwards See, this is the way quantum computing works, too. Think about it. To make the most perfect program to time travel, which is what predictive analytics is for all those trolling saying she thinks she's a time traveler, right? You have to feed it information. Eons of information, of history, video, audio, visuals, scenarios, news, outcomes, actual facts. You have to feed it all the history you can up until the moment that you click the button run. And at that point, your program will be collecting information in the present, analyzing the information of the past, and therefore providing you the most concise, the most perfect outcomes that are going to be coming. And when I say perfect, meaning accurate. 
you will have timelines to tell you what did you want to see? Do you want to see how this ends in 2030? Well, according to the data, every day that I'm getting and all the data that has been fed into me, there's a 70% possibility that at 2030, this is happening. A, you know, 30% chance of this is happening. There you go. And this is how computers predict the future, right? They don't travel into wormholes. They don't break up into matter. They don't fold over in time, right? We're talking within the constraints of this construct. This is how they operate. Pretty simple. They use everything in the past for the future. Ergo, past proves the future, not a conspiracy, but an actual fact. And therefore, if in the past you see, as you start entering those buildings where you will be casting your vote, think of the past and then think, what would the future be? Here again is the trailer for my documentary, Enjoy the Show. God bless. The United States of America is a unique nation with a constitution that preserves rights for its citizens. It's we the people who tell the government what they can and can't do, not the other way around. This is freedom. Freedom from oppressive government. Yet its citizens have been betrayed through subversion of their constitutional rights. This change has been witnessed around the world. And citizens let it happen. Violation of our laws by the fourth unelected branch of government. Not elected, but selected. Those seeking a democratic world order sought to convert a free nation into a totalitarian state. And too many in the agency apparatus are helping. The United States looks weak. Bird bath or privilege scrub. They're the two um, exercises we're engaged bathing exercises we're engaged in. You have weak leadership. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. The absurdity and stupidity is what causes you to disengage from caring about your government. This is intentional. Now imagine you're an enemy of the United States. Those who oppose free citizens. They observe and think the people of the United States of America are stupid, weak. Therefore, it's time to attack. As warfare is evolving, Let me repeat, the constitutional laws that protect the citizens of the United States have been violated. 
This is an act of war on the people. From decades of compromised candidates in Congress and presidents who built up the agencies. The fourth unelected branch of government. How do you destroy a tank? This is a Russian PT-76, the current Red Army amphibious tank. You could say that it was obtained, all 15 tons of it, through intelligence channels. Or you could say we stole it. Once upon a time, spying or espionage was a fairly straightforward game. But we have come a long way rather quickly from Matahari. There is something new in the science of spying. It's not just stealing military hardware and secret plans, but using tanks and plans and men to promote our policies around the world and sometimes to overthrow governments we don't like. Overthrow governments we don't like. How do you destroy a tank? You destroy a tank from the inside. To invade and destroy the United States, you must infiltrate and attack from the inside. What becomes of a world without the U.S. Constitution? Who is infiltrating the United States of America? To understand how, we have to go back and take a good look at our history. Thank you.